Hello, friends and followers. This is Carolyn, the Northwoods Witch. I am starting my first second season of podcasting. A round of applause from me about doing this for myself. Um, because a lot of this work for me is about clarifying um, clarifying my theology, clarifying my vision, my worldview, um, and then and doing it out loud. Uh, maybe you know um, that I spent about four years in seminary. So the grad school that I went to was out in California, and it was a Unitarian Universalist seminary. Um, which means it's a place where ministers go to train for their work in churches. And being Unitarian Universalist and welcomed me and my priestessing exploration and my you know witchcraft exploration as as paths to the sacred and and as part of um, I'm using air quotes here ministry. So that's another lens that I think about this work in is like you know I I trained with a whole bunch of ministers. <laughs> So I um, am somewhat used to the framework of people saying their truth out loud and speaking about spirituality out into the world. It's my big goal. (laughs) That's my big goal with this podcast is to say the things out loud that I hold to be true and and then inform my life and do it in such a way that I encourage you to, to do the same exploration, to, you know, to empower you to seek the sacred inside yourself and and explore that internally but then also yeah how does that affect you externally what does that mean and so um that's really what uh this first podcast i decided would be all about was kind of that framing piece of what what do i what do i believe and why does it matter um basically. What do I believe and why does it matter? And I thought I would start with, you know, kind of maybe the big question, the big question, which is, you know, hey, why are we here? What's it all about? And I'm going to dramatically pause there because because the answer is totally clickbaity um, for me. And that is... <laughs> It depends on who you are, um, because because I think a big for me a huge piece of this is that absolute truth is not useful, right? A big problem I have with organized religion, um, and oh my gosh, so many tangents. So a way that I'm going to try really hard to refer to um, Christianity in its organized religion form, because I don't want to be villainizing an entire religion or putting names on things that um, that aren't fair for all of the folks who identify as Christian. Uh, but there is there is an element of Christianity that I um, identify as being, and again with the air quotes, imperial Christianity, which means um, of empire, of colonization, of subverting other folks to, you know, to the will and the power and the assumptions of correctness of a particular theology and worldview. Um, so I use imperial Christianity when I'm talking about Christianity in that sense because it seems more linguistically true and more fair <laughs> to the lovely Christian folks I know in the world um, who don't operate that way, you know, who live who live in a much more free and radical and beautiful way of expressing and experiencing um, the Spirit of Christ in their lives. Yeah. 
absolute truth is problematic. What one person experiences as true is not what everyone experiences as true. And so when you're looking for truth, especially when you're talking about spirituality, you got to go with what's true for you. Ultimately, for me, you know, if you are if you are in a space where you're hooking into the sacred and the flow of the universe, however you want to identify that, whether it's through a deity or whether it's just through like energetics or whether it's through your connections with human humanity and the rest of the earth, you know, how you experience that and how you express it is true for you. Um, and so I think that's important to say out loud because I'm very aware that what I'm talking about is I, I can only do it from my own perspective. So like this is me talking about me and my experience, which I think is still worthwhile because <laughs> I'm here doing it. Um, but also to empower you in, you know, the places that you may hear me say something and go, um, no, it's not how I experienced that. And, and so this is me nodding along and being like, yeah, that's totally, you know, totally okay. And then another piece for me uh, in this is that, like, I believe, <laughs> I believe in a very functional theology. Like, how does this thing affect my life? Is it getting me something? Is it working for me? Um, yeah. Is it, is it impacting my daily life well? If so, probably going to keep doing it. Uh, relationship is a really key piece uh, to theology as far as I'm concerned. So when I say theology, I always spell it with an A, T-H-E-A, um, because that is the, the Latin for goddess as opposed to God. And so in my, in my personal world, that works really well. And it still allows me to kind of push back on the underlying assumption of, of maleness that exists in the concept of God in the places that I live. Um, and so it's, it's important for me to distinguish that. I also think it's super important to recognize that like God is way too big. God, goddesses, non-binary deities, God is way too big to put inside of a gender. Um, or any kind of like duality like that. But I was saying about relationships. Um, you know, being in relationship is a super big part of this practice to me because building relationship is something that um, you can do. Again, it's functional. It's a thing that you can like physically actually do, whether you're doing it with an altar, whether you're doing it with prayer, whether you're doing it with offerings, whether you're doing it um, with gratitude practice. There's so many ways to offer and be in relationship. And when I'm saying be in relationship, I'm specifically talking about like um, relationship with spirits, relationship with gods and goddesses and non-binary deities. Being in relationship again with the creature, like the actual physical, tangible things that you live in relationship with, you know, the plants around you, the animals around you, the lakes, the rivers, the rocks, the earth, literally the soil. Um, and when you acknowledge that you're in relationship with them and you tend to those relationships with some sort of ritual, uh, it not only brings their importance out, but it also like makes it a better relationship because you're honoring it and you're respecting it and you're giving it your time and your attention and your love, which is also super important, right? The things that you love are things that you end up nurturing. Basically building, building ritual around relationship building um, is super functional for me. And that brings me to this other idea, which is uh, 
nourishing the sacred. And I think I've, I've kind of like danced around the edges of this, but nourishing the sacred is a huge part of, of spirituality, right? Like, where do you find the sacred? Where do you find it within yourself? Where do you find it outside of yourself? Um, and how do you nourish those things? And for me, again, I come back to relationship. Um, I absolutely nourish the sacred within myself um, through daily prayer and daily ritual. And significantly also, those things are about being in relationship with others. And so I'm also nourishing the sacred outside of myself in those practices. It's important to note that, um, you know, if you look at paganism, neo-paganism, witchcraft, however you want to identify, if you start identifying pagans, if you start looking around and being like, you know, what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe? How do you practice? How do you practice? How do you practice? You're going to get a different answer from every single person, um, which makes it hard to categorize as like a one thing because it's not a one thing. Uh, but that's also a super beautiful part of this practice. It's so, so freeing. Um, you know, the, the old definition, the original definition, and the reason they used the term pagan in the first place was to identify folks who were outside of Christianity, right? And it was absolutely used as a derogatory term. But if you think about it, if, if it just means outside of Christianity, that's actually hugely freeing. And that just means that you can literally choose your own pathway to the divine, right? You can literally follow your own heart because nobody has placed anything in front of you and said, this is what you must do. Um, and so folks who identify as pagan, you know, some people, some people have groups, some people have lineage, some people have ancestry, but some people are just out there, you know, following their heart and making it up on their own. So there is no one way to be pagan, nor should there be, nor should there be. And the last piece of theology that I want to talk about um, is just an encouragement to live fully. In my religion, um, having a body is marvelous. Having a body is the greatest. Like, we are here in this form with all of this cool opportunity. And yes, this is not dismissing like suffering and grief and the reality of the world as it is, which is not ideal. And we're going to get to that. But on the other hand, one of the best ways to push back on that is to live fully, right? Live fully in who you are, live fully in the things that you find joy in, you know, live fully. We're here on this freaking paradise of a planet. Why would you not enjoy what you have? So for me, paganism is, is a religion that fully embraces your physical body, the joys that come with it. Um, and taking advantage of this time here. And not to cause harm to other people, but to encourage that joy all around. Because there are so many places where we are suppressed and asked to inhibit ourselves and asked to, you know, pigeonhole our joy into this tiny little expression of what it could be. Let's bust that pigeonhole open and find joy in all of the ways that are truly, uh, you know, enlivening. And let's do that everywhere. No, let's do that everywhere. So, why am I saying all of this stuff to you right now? And it's because we've come to a place in the world where if we allow the status quo to run our planet, 
we're only going to get more of the same. And so it's time for those of us who live in a different paradigm, who experience a different understanding of the way things are, who experience joy in ourselves, in our truth, in our bodies, and in relationship with the earth, it's so important that we start living those things out loud and inviting other people to explore the possibility of that alternate way of being in the world too. And so if you're a person who is just learning about this stuff, I want you to know you're absolutely not alone. There's actually a whole lot of us and everybody does it differently, which is one of the reasons it's sometimes hard to bring us all together, but people do gather. So, you know, if you're looking for like-minded pagany folks, check the internet, you'll find us. But more importantly than, than the community of other pagans that exists is the coalition of power and the sea change that comes with a paradigm of difference, right? A paradigm of living in relationship with the land, a paradigm that honors the interconnection of all things. Because right now we're living in a paradigm that does not honor that, and it is deeply destructive and super, super harmful. And to, to give like, um, you know, a very tangible example of what this work can look like or should look like, in my opinion, in the place where you are, and I'm speaking from my own place as a white settler person living in the United States of America, um, on indigenous land, I live, I live in the land of the Anishinaabe in the Dakota and Lakota, up here in northern Minnesota. It's really important um, that as you're doing this work uh, for yourself and as you're exploring the sacred within and you're exploring the sacred without, um, that some of the tangible things, this is, where I, this is where I'm talking about, like, you know, you can't, you know, pagans, pagans are people who believe in, like, this full embodied experience. And that means that, like, your mysticism has to also have a place on the planet. Um, and in a really tangible way, like one of the things you absolutely should be doing is finding out if you don't know already, if you're not involved already, um, what are the indigenous peoples um, of the land that you are living on? What are their concerns? What are they working on? What are they asking for? How are they um, inviting you and, and your community into action um, around whatever's going on? You know, the indigenous peoples of your place are still trying to keep, you know, the framework that they um, they inherited from their ancestors alive, which isn't the exact same as paganism, um, but it's something that should feel really resonant because it's about interconnection and it's about relationship with the land um, and living in a space where you recognize those relationships and honor them. And so as you do this work, it's super important uh, to also make sure that you're paying attention to the way that you're being invited to into action or into solidarity um, with the indigenous peoples of really any place, but specifically the land that you're living on. So in your journey, there are super tangible ways to basically be empowered into action as well, right? You don't have to make up your own stuff. You can just go and find the voices that are already speaking these things, um, and support them and be in solidarity with them.
and it kind of keeps coming back to empire and power. But nothing will ever shift if we keep just letting that steamroll right over us. And so this is this is why it matters to me that I talk about these things. And this is why it matters, um, in my opinion, for you all to listen and to consider this stuff for yourself. Because ultimately, the framework that being pagan lives in is super important for the benefit of our world. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know... Um, I laugh. I laugh because it sounds kind of ridiculous because I feel like I'm ramping up to be like, and we can save the world, except for the reality is that's who I am. And I really do actually think we can. And so that's what I'm doing here. And that's why it matters that you're doing what you're doing, because we really can. I really do honestly think that there's room for us to save the world. So that's it for me this month. Um, hopefully you enjoyed my journey around um, my understanding of my practice and my work. From me from here to you out there, with much love always. I'll see you next month.